Sister Mel, you're going to have to help in the classroom for Brother Heath. Sorry about that, but I couldn't get to you. Um, so the pop test even, you know, <laughs> uh, that's when you look up and so, say, Jesus, mercy and grace. Boy, if you could start activating mercy. And I found out, if you remember here, it's been a few months now, but uh, we had a study and, and, and there was a time in it, grace, 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 even for miracles and wonders and signs. What, what, what got Noah? What helped Noah in one of the greatest trials of the whole universe? That the world would not be destroyed by self-destructions, by violence. Somebody found grace called Noah because Noah found grace amen he was able to hear the voice of God that when the storm came amen he would make preparation it's by this grace that we experience in the pop test that helps us begin to build arts when the major storms are going to come because see see I'm telling you Amen. There's going to come some storms in everybody's lives. There's going to come testing. Let me put it that way. Everybody's faith. I don't care who you are. And when you walk with Jesus Christ, you can be assured of one thing. You're going to be tested. Number one, God's going to see to it. I mean, what good is there to say that I'm a Christian? I'm Christ-like and I follow after the Lord. He's been taken care of. Good. Okay. And so, uh, hallelujah. But uh, uh, see, he just takes care of stuff. <laughs> But, but, and that's, that's where it's really at. That's, uh, that's the place that you and I've got to be. Because here, here what, what does testing do? You're either past or you flunk, right? And, and, and when, you, when you fail, what happens? You don't get to advance. You don't get to go to the next grade. You don't get to go to the next, you know. So, if, if, uh, if it seems like that I'm facing the same pop test all the time, Maybe I need to step back and say, okay, God, I failed this thing about three or four times, but I'm over the failing. And you're the master teacher, and I know you can take even a slow student like me that may be a little hard-headed, a little blind, that can't quite see, but God, if you'll help me, amen, I'm going to be prepared tomorrow when the test comes. You may use the same devil, which may be through a fleshly somebody. I mean, the devil uses folks like that, and God allows him. Praise the Lord. <laughs> could be a circumstance or situation. It could be a man, a, 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 a situation on the job. You know, you went there and worked all day, and man, you didn't accomplish nothing. You achieved nothing. And, and, and maybe you blowed your top. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you say, well... God's help tomorrow. You, Lord, Lord, I didn't call on you today like I should have and asked for your help, but, uh, but I'm praying about it now. <laughs> when I walk in there tomorrow, you know, we're going to plead the blood over it. We're going to call on the name of Jesus, and the Lord's going to help us. How many has ever asked for help, amen, when we was going to face a situ situation on the job, especially maybe with a, a somebody that works with you or maybe somebody you work for or they work for you, and you want it to work out, and you want it to come together because, amen, you was going to do. And guess what? Because you make preparations by faith. Call on the name of the Lord and you begin to bombard heaven and saying, God, I'm facing a situation. I really don't want to face it by myself. You know, I got a lot of training and I, I'm pretty smart and I'm educated and I'm this and I'm that. And I've, I've done a lot of things, but uh, we don't do that, do we? Most of the time we say, oh, God, I need some help. I really don't know what to do. I don't know what direction. And, Lord, I really want to say it right. And I want to say it in the right spirit. And I want to say it in the right manner. I, I don't want to get ruffled up. Uh, I have a tendency, as Paul warned me, be angry with sin not. But when I'm angry, I'm more subject to. I'm more prone to. I'm more uh, you know, prompt to say things that I ought not say. But, but God, I know if you helping me, amen, that it won't get there. It won't escalate there. You'll, you'll help me, amen. If I, if I make some preparation, this is, this is, this is. Now, watch this. I'm in the lesson. This is what the lady done all said and done as a great lady, amen, that you can interpret in many ways from being wealthy, from being uh, uh, smart, for being very influential, amen, uh, or just, amen, a person that knew how to get some things and keep them in right, to recognize the, uh, where the blessings are going to come from. 
You know one thing that's wrong with America? And I'm just going to be, I'm going to be blunt. And Hollywood caused this. And y'all can send that to Hollywood. I don't mind. Tell them. Huh. It's your attitude toward preachers. But what happened when you begin to attack the pulpits and, and, and destroy the, the effect of the authority and the power of the pulpit, it didn't stop there. Because now it's made its way to the White House office. Now it's made its way into the schoolrooms. Now it's made its way in all the governments. Now it's made its way out of the highways and the byways that they don't have respect for sheriffs and law officers. And now it's made its way into our homes and to one another. And now all the respect of all of humanity and positions and places, amen, has been torn down. Why? Because we lost the respect, amen, from the house of God and from the pulpit. And when you lose that, amen, and you lose the fear of God, you really can't have faith. all works hand in hand. It all works together. Amen. To understand who's really holding this thing together. To understand that we live and move and have our being by Him and no other. But with that revelation, when the trying times come, you're the source. You're the supplier. And whenever there's not a man or a resource for man that can come to my rescue, you still can. You can do it. So, without trying to get too far in ahead of the, the lesson itself, uh, the lesson text, and basically we're going to be talking about 2 Kings 4, chapter 18, through about the 37th verse. A Shunammite woman... Uh, another thing that we ought to pick up right out, right out the gate. Her name is never called. To be faithful, to depend on that faith, first of all, it's, it's, you and I have got to get to the place where it's, it's really not about us. It's about Him. I don't have to have recognition. I don't have to have the trumpets blowing. I don't have to have the lights flashing. I don't have to have all of that. She, we're going to see some, some things about her. Uh, about her whole life. Because uh, her response in some areas here. Can, uh, and, and I believe, you know, we can kind of look at that first response. And, and I, I hate, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but. At the same time, that, that first response that she had given unto the prophet, you know, uh, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Actually, if you'll do a study on that in the Hebrew, because that's, in our culture, that's a pretty harsh term. Don't you? That's, that's almost fighting words. You call me a liar? But, but in the Hebrew, in the setting of the scriptures here, Actually, it means don't deceive me. I, I didn't voice this. I didn't let it out of the box. The writer likened this unto her, her maybe her wavering here, her staggering here, her doubts. I'm not sold to that. That's <laughs> uh, just me, okay? There is again, this comes that place where uh, that's just me. I just let me, that's, that's, I, I don't quite see that, but maybe I'm wrong. I, don't, I always leave that open. I, hey, I'm not the type of guy that thinks that everything I think is right. Okay? And I don't think that everything that comes across my brain is from God either. Well, I'm just leaving a little room there, okay? This is an earthen vessel. But anyway, <laughs> I don't totally buy into that. Uh, no doubt, as, as we watch this unfold and take place, and, and I'm going to come back to the, some of the beginning of this, the, the, some of the verses. And, and actually, uh, this may tie in with some tonight, what I feel the Lord, by His help, amen, t tonight to, and I appreciate Brother Barry. He texted me and said, hey, I can take tonight a Brother Ford. Or, and uh, I, I thanked him, but I, I really felt strong to try my best to be back tonight. And it may not last long, but uh, bring a little something to you. And it's, it's going to be likened unto this. It's going to be dealing more with the mind. And this little thought came before all this other came this week. <laughs> so it's tying in and it's coming together. And I would 
hopefully and prayerfully by the grace of God, it works out good. We'll see. So, uh, but when you really begin at, at this, and, and I want to just start with that, really. Uh, I may not go through a lot of the lesson, go back and read it again. There's a lot of good things said there. So please, if you're not reading these Sunday school lessons, let me encourage you again this morning. Read your Sunday school lessons. You've got a book, it's just like mine. It's got all the same information that this one's got. So read it. Read it. Study it out. Look at it. Listen to some of the things they're saying, because I do not have the time. Amen. And I'm not the best of memorizing. Some people can read all that and memorize it pretty much and come back and just say what they said. Well, you can read what they said. Now you're going to hear what I got to say. Okay? How about that? Will that be all right? <laughs> but, uh, but I got to put it in my way. I mean, they use some terms sometimes. I'm thinking, mm, hallelujah. Where'd that word come from? Good gracious. But anyway, uh, but, uh, but, but let's watch this as we just kind of go through the scripture and the layout of this, amen. And uh, because I know if I, I'm not careful here, my time will get me. So in 2 Kings 4, we're going to start at the 8th verse. We do know that this prophet, the prophet, amen, Elisha, amen, is following Elijah. We know that here's a request for the double, amen, of miracles and things that would happen. And we know that happened and unfolded. And we're going to see in this particular chapter, there's actually three that takes place in the ministry of Elisha himself. Amen. Is he, but this is one kind of right in the center, the one that's in the middle of this particular chapter of what's going to happen, what's going to transpire. And it's going to be dealing, amen, with this family family that we really, we don't know them by name, uh, but we get enough information out of them uh, to know, you know, that they had some, some things. But anyway, the Bible starts out and it simply says this, and it fell on a day. In other words, there was a day is basically what it's saying. There was a day. This is what happened on this particular day. The writers letting us know that Elisha, Elisha had passed through Shinnom where it was a great woman. Notice it made the statement about the great woman. There's not really a whole lot mentioned about the husband occasionally. Now, she didn't take things on her own. I want you to pick that up. She didn't do things. She didn't. Now, boy, some of you may not like this, but with this women lip stuff, they get an attitude and spirit. They ain't got to ask her husband nothing. Even though she was the one that's going to be bearing the load here, she was the one that's going to be responded to. She was the one that's going to do the riding and go into the man of God. She was the one that come up with the idea. She was still willing to go into the man figure because this authority set up by God was just as powerful in the Old Testament as it is in the New Testament and it wasn't done away with in the New Testament either. So anyway, I want to be careful here, but it's the truth. Uh, she's a great woman. She's a great lady. She's got a lot of influence and, and, and maybe she was the one with the money. I'm not sure. The Bible don't say none of that. But, uh, but she, she makes it, that makes it clear to us that she goes to her husband. She does not do anything a man, basically, without her husband's uh, recognition and approval and, and blessings upon it. In fact, he is willing because, a man, by most of the time, not all the time, but the high percentage of the time, it's the husband, a man. It may be her idea, and, and maybe she's one of the main ones with the money involved, but he's the one that's going to put the hands to it. He's the one that's going to build the room. He's the one that's going to fashion it. He's the one that's going to be the overseer of it. A man, you know, that's just the way it goes you know sometimes uh, um, you know the 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 wife or the mother may buy the product but uh, it's the man that spends the time and the hours amen of putting it together not all the time but for the most part so you understand what i'm trying to say here so everybody's involved now we we understand that he doesn't fuss with her he don't gripe with her we don't see any of that in the scriptures but but he he's he's responding like hey this is a great idea hey hey you're the one that discerned this you're the one that picked this up and and no doubt you know and we're going to see some things in the scriptures when you really begin to look at it real closely it was not a small task that she was willing to take on. You got to remember in the culture that they were in, and this culture was still even true in the time of birth of Jesus Christ, that they didn't have hotels and motels and places like that were built uh, for people when they was passing through. And so they were at the, the courtesy of maybe someone willing to take them in and to house them and to feed them and not just you know, it's one thing to take one individual in, but if you've got a host 
that's with you and that works with you. And we know that he had a servant. We, so we know there's at least two that's going to be involved in this. So, so what I'm trying to tell us here is that when she observed this and it began to be, the form in her heart, mind, and spirit, it was not going to be a, a just, you know, a easy task and every six months possibly or once a year that he would come by. But you're going to notice some key words in the scriptures that it's more often than that. So anyway, it goes on and said, and she constrained him to eat bread. In other words, she basically insisted. She didn't give him an option. She, she persuaded the man of God that I want you to. Don't worry about the cost. Don't worry about the expense. Don't worry about the labor. Don't worry about the discomfort. It may come. I don't have nothing to do with it. I'm not giving you an option. I'm not giving you a choice. When you come to this city, you come into my table. You come into my house. Doesn't matter when you're coming. It doesn't matter how often you come. I will be prepared, amen, to greet you. And I will be prepared to be assistance unto you and help you not to tend to any of your business. Not to question you why you're here. I don't even know when you're going to show up. In fact, we're going to build this room on the wall. Now, the right or the lesson makes mention that this is like an outer wall that, uh, that would be, you know, that, that even uh, supposedly from culture proved that they have their great uh, wealth and ability to do things. Hey, and always remember that. You know, don't get hung up on, well, I don't have this and I, I don't have that and I can't do nothing. No, you take what God's blessed you with and that's how you bless God. And when you're faithful with that, guess what? God may bless you with more. And that's not just money. That can fall into time and service in many ways. But when you use what you got, the talents and the gifts, and when the opportunity arrives, faith causes you to respond unto the hour of the need. So as you see that, that's the key. That's the response. Amen. And so that's what they're done here. So they're going to build and they're going to do that. So she... She insisted, amen, on, on Elisha and the servant and whoever else may have been a part of this. Now, we know there's at least two, though, that's going to be involved in this. And so she consisted or constrained him. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, I believe that as oft, amen, gives us an indication that it wasn't just every once in a while. And just every six months or a year, but as oft as he passed by, and apparently you're going to notice as the scriptures go on, it was often enough that she began to recognize something different about him. That, that he wasn't just another one of these that was just coming by, but yet this is a holy man of God. Amen. It has a favor and the blessings of God upon him. And so she's letting us know that, hey, if, if I want to get involved in any Anything. I want to be involved with, 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 with leadership and with ministers, amen, that's got some flavor of God with them. And there, there's a holy man of God. He, he's not just like anybody else, but amen, he's different. And I'm telling you, we're, we're, this society is setting up, amen, a condition and a situation where, hallelujah, there's going to be a distinct difference between the religious people and those that are God called and God sent. And God's setting that up and the devil really don't like it because I'm telling you when God sets these things up it also sets up the recipe amen for revival to take place and for those with sincerity and honest hearts and desire to be saved to know God and do what the word says let every man be a liar and God be truth amen that creates a place amen that they can they can begin to distinct the difference between the two I've talked to us hallelujah that there is a difference why do you say that this morning? Because we're living in a world today that's been persuaded that it doesn't make any difference where you go to church. But it does. There is a truth. The truth. Not one of them. There is the truth. There is a plan of salvation. The plan of salvation. There is a foundation. The foundation. And then there is a way, the way, to live, to be victorious and overcoming, to obtain the prize, amen, to, in, to, to receive the inheritance that's laid up for us. There is a process. There is a journey. Do we earn it? Not in that sense. By grace, first of all, we're born again. 
and we're kept by His grace. But disobedient children, people that walks in error, is not going to be a part of it. Another message, John. I'll leave that alone. So as we watch him here, and it goes, and she says, so he turned in there as often as he passed by. He turned in thither to eat bread. You know, probably even the servant thought about it. He said, man, I'm sure glad we're going this way today. And this city here, they, no doubt, I ain't got to worry about it. I ain't got to go knock on nobody's door. We ain't got to ask nobody. We don't have to. I know struggles we know. Amen. That's some of the best bread I've ever eaten in my life. Because it's baked out of love. It's fresh every day. <laughs> Amen. The light's going to be on. The bed's going to be made. So we don't think about all that, do we? It could have been that she made her practice every day at a certain time. She went through that room. Possibly having leaving the comfort of her own home to go to the room that she built had, had built outside on the wall. And it didn't matter what the weather was like. It didn't matter what was coming and going, what other events was going on. It's kind of like our prayer time. This will talk about it some because it talks about shutting the door. Jesus came along and told us, he said, hey, there's times you've got to just get in a prayer closet. And you've got to shut the door. That means you've got to close everything else out. You know what you're saying? By these actions, you're saying, hallelujah, I can touch a God that can do something about this. So I'm closing the door and getting into a place and into a prayer. Hallelujah, I'm fixing the move of God that's fixing to do something about this situation. Well, I'm telling you, there's no hope. There's no, I don't, it ain't going to never happen. You don't understand. Hallelujah, there is a God. And I got one more move and it's a prayer room. And when I get in that prayer room, God will do go as far as preparing a fish. So she, no doubt, would have to take care of that room. It was, it was her business, amen, to make sure she would go down that candle. Maybe it had done burnt down and it had to be changed out every day. She was the one that made sure that it was all rearranged and the bed. I don't know if they had pillars and quilts. I'm sure they had some, I mean, why have a bed if you don't have some of the other? <laughs> I'm sure the man of God never walked in there. And... Oh, God. The prayer room can't have spider webs in it. The prayer room can't, can't just be visited on times of urgency. Coming to the house of God just can't be whenever all the chips are down. But when I got it all and it's all going my way, I don't have time for church. I don't have time for God. See, that's what, that's what got Israel in trouble. That's what get us in trouble. Because, because, and watch this, that's what's going to get the world in trouble. He's going to mock at their calamity. He's going to life at them when they didn't have time for him and they had their own lives to live and want to do their own partying. I'm going to tell you something. There's some crisis, amen, it really depends on somebody bombarding heaven and getting hold of God and moving God. Amen, if there's going to be a difference. And so, I know I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but anyway. She said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passes by us continually. You know, it could have been sometimes that uh, even the man of God says, uh, Look, we're going down to such and such, but we're going to go this direction. And even Gehazi picked it up. I know why we're going the long way. <laughs> it's worth the trip. It's worth the journey. Some of you that don't believe that, how many of you ever drove out of the way to eat at a certain place? Because it was worth the drive. First of all, they had what you want and had plenty of it. They'd done a good job fixing it. And then on top of that, they didn't mind serving you. 
Sometimes service makes all the difference in the world. Sometimes making them feel like, hey, you're the best customer I got. And they spend $10 with you. But there may come a day in their life they need to spend 50 with you. Or 50000 But how you handled them in that $10 deal may become the outcome of the $50,000 deal. How we handle what the $10 blessings God gives us. And how we responded to that. And showed our thanks. We'll hinge and work together. When the day comes when we're going to need that $50,000 blessing. At this point in her life, the best we can tell... And we can really only assume, but in a sense not, because the Scripture's real plain. That for a lady in that time and in that culture not to be able to bear, and not just a child, but a son. But she, she never mentions this. It, it doesn't have, she don't allow it to hinder her labor, her work at all. She's willing and so as the scripture said here, as he came by continually. Let us make a little chamber. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm not in competition with anybody else in the city. I'm not in trying to impress anybody else in the city. I just want to build a little chamber that the man of God can come night or day. He can find a place comfort you know because sometimes he may be running a little late I know a lot of times with our evangelist man maybe I ought not say this but <laughs> a lot of times when they're coming I come up early and unlock the door and I just leave it unlocked because they don't like to have a set time they got to be here it puts pressure they much rather have it a man that I'm gonna be such and certain about that time and we make sure the door is open we make sure we got the, sometimes I've left the light on for them. It just depends. Amen. And uh, they, they, they like that. They don't want to have to worry about being here at a certain time at 4 o'clock or, or whatever. It's a lot easier when you're driving 5 or 6 or 10 or 12 hours, amen, to, to not have that pressure on you. And if you decide to stop or, hey, hey God may call on you, you know, you know, you go by and see somebody. And they, they won't be pressured with, well, I don't know. I told that pastor I'd be there by a certain time. And. So when she builds and comes up with this idea to build a little chamber, I pray thee on the wall, let us set for him there a bed, a table, a stool, a candlestick. Just, just four items. Amen. But it's to his comfort now. It's to work on his behalf, to make his travelings a lot easier. Uh, that's another thing we try to practice here, amen, with all the evangelists. I, I leave it strictly up to them. They're never forced at any time. They don't have to go out and eat. I'm not going to call on them to run the roads with me. I'm not going to do any of that. Amen. I, you know, how are you going to run the roads with you all day? And you'd be surprised. I mean, the evangelist says, man, I'll tell you what, how much we appreciate this. So you'd just be shocked how many pastors want just to get up and run the roads and do this and go there and do all this other stuff and then walk in that pulpit prayed up and ready to go. I said, how can you be if you've done been over Dan to Bathsheba? It's more important for them to walk in this pulpit prayed up and ready to go bombard in heaven talking to God and let God talk to them that's a part of the five-fold ministry amen and we want it to work and so 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 here he, he's able he's going to have a place that he can come he can find comfort he can find amen a place that that uh, he, he never felt like you know that he was intruding he never felt like uh, being out of place because she had already insisted she'd already had forced him to eat bread and he ate bread there amen often enough up to this point in time amen that now this chamber's built this room's built on outside of this wall and so so it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and he laid there now he's laying there on that bed that she had she had built and it's 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 built and designed for him and no doubt you know she probably put a lot of thought into that a lot of prayer into it it was designed for him that what would be you know what would be soothing unto him she didn't go in there and put pink flowers and <laughs> hey man she kind of made it maybe maybe that's where this uh, 
caveman's ideas come up, you know. I want to fashion this thing, amen, for a man, a man of God. And, and so he felt very comfortable, so comfortable there, amen, that laying on that bed and no doubt being the man of God that he was and walking with the Lord as he was, amen. As he laid there, he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. Why? Because now as he was laying there, things began to come into his mind. We, we really don't know how many times times he had laid his head on this particular bed and how many times that he had put his feet under that table and under her table amen her own home and had ate bread but now it was beginning to be brought back to him you know it's amazing what God can do it's amazing how God began to bring things back to you and start putting things in perspective look ladies and gentlemen if I don't give you the recognition you 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 know just wait God's got a season God's got a time if I'm walking with God and you're walking with God it'll come well, I said a lot more there than what you think I said. I said, I said a lot more there than what you think I said. Because <laughs> it's a God thing anyway. We're not looking for the honor of man. We're looking for the honor of God. And there is a difference between the two. There really is. Amen. I mean, I mean read your Bible. We talks about them getting out on the streets and, and, and influencing people and persuading them. And, and, and you know, and just blowing them away with their power and ability to speak words and pray. But he said they got their reward. Man, pats them on the back. Said, man, that thing's awful. Boy, he does a good job and all that. But there's another honor, amen, that comes from God. And I'm going to tell you, we're in a state and mind and condition, amen, spiritually speaking, and a lot of other areas. We got to start having the honor of God. We got to have the move of God. God's the only one that's going to heal them. God's the only one that's going to save them. God's the only one that's going to be able to turn them around. So, so you know, these trained uh, doing it man's way to influence man and get the approval of man. I'm going to tell you something. I ain't got to have the approval of man, but I got to have the approval of God. So he, he, he said, Call the, this Shunammite. And I know I've done mention this, but, but uh, I, I would think they knew his, your name, you know, surely. But he never addresses her that way. Now, watch this verse. Watch what happens now in this little next episode. Called the Shunammite woman. And, and when he had called her, she stood before him, Gehazi. Not the preacher. Not the man of God. What's the difference there? Okay. Let me take you, take you back a little bit. Naaman came in with all of his gifts. Camels and oxes and all this. Come riding in with a preconceived idea. Hey, that man of God's going to come out there, buddy, and he, he's going to make a big deal out of this. He's going to make a big show out of this. Hey, man, it's, it's going to blow us away. It's going to blow our hair back. Man, we're going to ride up in here, and he's going to come strolling out there, buddy. He's going to put his hands over it, and he's going to be doing all this, you know, hocus-pocus stuff. Now, listen. Read it. But whenever he sent Gehazi out there, <laughs> hey, Naaman, you just go down to Jordan Dip seven times, you'll be. You believe the nerve of that guy? I hit some nerves, ain't I? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Well, I did then anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, God's good. But anyway, you know the story. All of a sudden, son, he snatches that. He's leaving. He's getting out of Dodge. <laughs> Pride sometimes can cause you to keep a disease. Pride can cause you to miss the will of God. Pride will cause you to bust hell wide open thinking you're going to have a jewel way. Going to show everybody. Nobody's going to show God nothing. That's for sure. We're just old earthen vessels. When we face some things, we know that if we better have a God that we can touch and a God that'll move or we're in trouble. And so, if you watch this closely now, he said unto him, Say now, if you doubt at me, that who went out? Say now unto her who's saying, 
Behold, thou hast been careful for us for all this care. What is it to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I will. I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is it to be done for her? And Gehazi, verily, verily, she had no child and her husband is old. So let me, let me go back on this a little bit. After she basically says, look, I, I, I'm comfortable. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to say something right here. She's simply telling him, I'm comfortable in the skin that I'm in. Doesn't matter the color of that skin. Boy, I touched the issue there, didn't I? But it's the truth. She didn't need to be promoted into some position. She wasn't in it for that. She's happy with her neighbors. She's happy with her family. She apparently is happy with his family. She's happy where she was living. I don't need any of that. I'm content. I'm satisfied. I think you'd have to agree with me this morning. We live in one of the most unsatisfied, uncontent generations we've ever lived in. They got more gadgets than they've ever had to entertain them. But what happens, you can't satisfy the God of entertainment. As fast as it comes, it goes. Because there's no satisfaction in it. It's an affection and a passion. What the eyes want to see, what the ears want to hear. We might ingest. We might use for entertainment. We live in a generation today would much rather spend more time in entertainment. And working. The Bible says to work six days. <laughs> we want to work one, <laughs> two. <laughs> that wouldn't be so bad if we're willing to go to the church, the rest of them. And spend that time in prayer and reading the Bible and serving God. I asked the Lord to help me today. We've got to dig in some areas. And, you know, it takes that digging around it and fertilizing it for it to produce. We want to produce. But for God and in the Spirit of God. We want to bear the fruits of the Holy Ghost, all nine of them. We also want to walk in the gifts of the Spirit because it's not God's will for this church or any church. Read the writings of Romans, Paul's writings, that would come short of any gifts of the Spirit. As a family, as a, as a, as a family of God, all nine gifts should be in operation in this body of believers. In the moment time of need, they'd be able to show up and produce so, as we watch it here, he begins to question Gehazi and said, well, what can be done for her? What, what, what she have need of? And again, watch this. The man of God didn't notice some things that the servant did. He, so, you know, don't always jump on the man of God because he hadn't noticed something you thought he had, should have noticed. Sometimes, for whatever reason, it could be his fault. Sometimes God, as you're going to see later on, that God just closes his eyes. Don't reveal it to him. Because God's got a reason, and God's got a season, and God's got a method sometimes of how to bring things about and work it all together. And uh, so when he, he begins to question Gehazi, what she may have need of or even want of, he says, well, you know, she doesn't have a child. I don't see no swing sets out in the yard. I don't, we haven't had to push any toys to the side. And I hadn't heard any crying. And I hadn't heard any babies running around here. And on top of that, her husband's old. 
Now, I don't know where that put her. Well, that's where we got the practice that you just don't ask a woman her age. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he didn't mention nothing about hers. But he makes it clear to the man of God that the husband's old. And so the odds and the chances are not looking good. They're fading out. Now, the next time he calls her. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. Now, she's standing in the door. Hmm, I wonder who's the door. I wonder who we stand in the stead for. And we got people out there in that world and in that government don't think the church don't have no power. I beg the difference with you. I beg the difference with you. If you believe, if you're willing to pay the price, but you got to get in the door. But you got to remember something. Things just going in and out is in the door. Anybody can stand on the wall, but not everybody can stand in the door. Not everybody, amen, can stand in the edge. Not everybody can stand, amen, and stand the resistance of in and out and what's being said and what report you're going to believe. And but when you stand in his stead and you stand by his name and you stand by his promises and you just simply won't be wavered and you won't stagger at it. You may not can do nothing, but as Paul put it, stand. But I'm going to stand here. I'm going to stand on the promises of God. I'm going to stand on the commandments of God. Come on, let's take that a little further. I'm going to stand on the doctrines of the Lord Jesus Christ. They haven't changed. I know our world's changing. I know we, we're hearing the churches are changing. But God's an unchanging God. And if it was wrong 50 years ago, He didn't change His mind over 50 years. A thousand years as though it's a day to Him. And what He put and wrote in that sand, amen, it's still there. It was written in sand, but I'm telling you, it's still there. That we got to give an account. He that's without sin cast the first stone. That's the reason I'm not, I'm not even here casting stone. I'm just here telling you what the doctrine says, what the Word of God says. And I'm telling you, if we won't have evil hearts of unbelief and we'll stand true, you know what? God's going to stand with us when all the world is seeking sand. All the world. All of its resources and powers and abilities and where he got his answers when they dry up. I got a God. Promises. I'm going to hold on. Let the winds blow. Let the waves do what they want to. I'm going to hold on. So, this is what she done. She responds unto him. He said about this season. Now notice, notice how he responds to this. He didn't ask her, do you want a baby? You want a girl or a boy? It is. While she stands at the door, he just prophesies to her. Can these bones live? Lord, you know. They look awful dry to me. They look awful scattered to me. Look like they've been dead a long time. Prophesy. Just preach the word. Just be the voice of God. Because this same voice that moved upon this world when it was void and empty and no life began to speak. And when he began to speak, things began to happen. And so somebody's got to stand on this earth. That's the reason the Bible says we're two or three agreed together on this earth about a situation or an issue. What are you thinking when it becomes not just two or three, four and five and six and seven and ten and twenty and a hundred and a thirty and forty and fifty and hundreds begin to bombard heaven and lift their voice? power of unity. That's the reason the devil's doing everything he can to cause division. 
even among this group of believers. Because if he can keep division and separations or cliques or just how I see it, my little opinion. If it hadn't been for the little servant for Naaman, say, hey, if he'd asked you to done some great thing, something that you could took your, your, your pride in, your arrogance in, took, you know, had a little credit in. In other words, he'd have told you, hey, man, you got to climb that mountain. <laughs> now we, we speed forward fast. You know that story how that man, after he called her, he said, Nay, my Lord, or she said, I'm sorry. Nay, my Lord, man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare his son at the season that Elijah had said unto her according to the time of life. And when the child had grown, it fell on a day. And when it had went out to its father, to the reapers, he said unto his father, My head, my head, many believes it's some form or type of sunstroke. Amen. He said to a lad, carry him to his mother. So we, we realize here, even at this point, he wasn't really what you'd say out, but yet he could be carried. He's young enough, maybe four, or somewhere in that ballpark, not really sure, but uh, old enough to go. Amen. To, to go out into the field. He wanted to be with his dad, and that's a good thing. And, um, you know, so the, the lad carries it to his mother, uh, this, this husband. This father knew exactly what needed to be done. You carried him to his mother. And so she took him and set him on her knees until noon. And the Bible said, then died. Notice what she does from, from there. It was a place that she knew that would be of great safety. She didn't carry him into her room. She didn't carry him into the living room. She didn't carry... But she carried him out to that chamber. She carried him to the bed of the man of God. And she laid him. Now, there is a possibility that she already had heard and knew the story of Elijah. Prior to this, Elijah was something on the same likeness of the little widow woman that his, her son died. And she, she, he takes this child and puts it in his his. Uh, loft, it was called, a man up in the roof, man, and took him up and laid him in his bed and laid upon him and seven times and, and, and uh, well, laid upon him three times and walked back and forth and prayed and he finally sneezed him. You know the story. So there's a, there's a strong possibility. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care how old-fashioned, how out of kelter it may seem to be. If it's in this book, it's worth us practicing it. They can make fun of anointing cloths. They can make fun of us calling on the name of Jesus. They can make fun of how they want to. But I'm going to tell you something. You want to get the power of God to move, just practice what's in the book. It doesn't matter how out of date it may seem to be. It's always in date. And there's soon going to be a date in your life. You're going to need this out of date book in date. Amen. And so here we go. She carries him and puts him in that bed. And the Bible says she closes the door. She don't want anybody coming by and saying, oh my goodness, he's dead, the baby. Oh. And putting out and begin to text. And... <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, this has happened, that's happening. And, you know, got the whole world upset and all out of sorts. And, no, she closes the door. And she just sends word, amen, to her husband. Hey, I need a lad. I need a, a, a man to come, a young man. Actually, it did change a lad. She sends a lad and said, I need a young man now. <laughs> man, I need him to bring a little donkey and we're going to have to take a ride and we're going to see the man of God. And he began to question, well, see the man of God, it's not the, it's not the moon, it's not the seven, it's a, hey, this is not the time, this is not the season, this is not, hey, amen, but you know what? He didn't stop her. He didn't ask nothing about the child. He didn't ask anything about that. You know, and I, I've, I've taught this before, you know, uh, somebody, in fact, uh, this, this week, hey, amen, when we got one of the reports for my brother, uh, the, the nurse said, don't Google it. I said, you ain't got no problem here, buddy. Huh. 
I don't believe in that stuff. You start Googling all that. Y'all start telling us and what all the results are. You, all it's going to try to do is mess with my faith. Well, I don't want it messing with my faith. So I'm not Googling none of that. Tell you what I'm going to do, though. I'm going to call on the one, amen, that created him in the womb. That's kept him for 63 years. Amen. It can pick him up and pick him out of that bed. Amen. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to bombard my mind, heart, or spirit. It's about your spirit, baby. It's about your spirit. And when you mess with your mind, you mess with your spirit. When you mess with your spirit, it's going to mess with your walk with God. So, you know, she didn't do all of that. She, she puts him in that bed. She puts him in a, the safest place. I'm going to tell you something. Amen. One of the safest places you can bring a situation is to the house of God. Amen. And to the prayer room. Or to that place, amen, that you got set aside. That's one of the best places you can take it. I mean, it's nothing wrong. You ask for help and ask for this and all that other stuff. But a lot of times, some situations, some battles, amen, you got to get in that prayer closet. You got to close that door. God, the test is yours. Amen. See if you're going to pass it. See if you're going to press your way through. It's all about, and I'm not being ugly, but I'm here to tell you that's just where it falls sometimes. And amen. And so God wants to see what you're going to do. And I'm going to tell you what comes to my mind. Jesus, we're going to try our best to get you on your feet. Hallelujah. I know you're sitting by the Father, but also read in the scriptures, amen, where Stephen, amen, got you on your feet. And I believe we can do the same thing on the face of the earth today. And this God can dispatch angels. And this God can do things that man cannot do and no man can do. The only man can do it is a man called Jesus Christ. Because I believe he's alive and well and answer our prayers. So, this is what she does. And, but you got to be willing to hang on for the ride. She looked at that, that young man. The custom was, he didn't have his own little donkey. He brought her one. Set her on it. His job was to drive the donkey. Push it. He looks back at him and said, you drive this thing. He said, don't you let up unless I tell you to. <laughs> We're fixing to make, they tell us it was anywhere from a five to six hour journey on top of that little donkey. Now we're used to our, <laughs> we want them smooth rides. We want them so smooth and so quiet with the radio on, we don't even know when the law's behind us with the blue lights and sirens going. Hey, some of them, if I get in them, I better use the cruise. <laughs> you drive that 96 Toyota and then you get into that Sequoia, <laughs> you look down there and you'll be doing 80 and 90 and you think you're doing 55. Now, we don't always like the journey of living for God. We don't always like the pathways that we're subject to have to go down. And sometimes it can be rough. Sometimes it can catch us from the blind side and unexpectedly. But you know what? I'm going to hang on. I'm going to stay with the course. It may get rough, but buddy, don't you let up on him. We got a journey to make. And we're not going to stop and visit the neighbors. We're not going to stop and talk to anybody. There's a possibility that little donkey and that servant, amen, and God probably blessed the, little, the, the young man. Amen. He was in condition, buddy. <laughs> I have a feeling, amen, he didn't look over that when his legs and always just wanted to sit under the pomegranates and just sit around and not do nothing. <laughs> but he, whenever she requested for a lad, I have a good idea that, you know, God's working, God's working. <laughs> amen. That man said, hey, hey, son, you're more faithful, buddy. You're in shape too. I mean, she wants a donkey and she wants to go see the man of God. That's a good five, six hour ride. Amen. And from all accounts that I can understand without even asking, I need somebody in shape. Hallelujah. If we're going to have revival, if we're going to see souls born, amen, we can't grow weary, amen, when we get them in the birth channel. You hear me? Hallelujah. But there's got to be an anointing and a power and a determination that gets a hold of our hearts and minds and spirit because sometimes that's the most important time. And if we're not careful, I'm not trying to be too blunt and too plain here. Hallelujah. But I refuse to let them die. Amen. It's just at that point in that place they'll suffocate and die because we didn't have the power and the ability to 
ambush one final time and get the results. But I'm telling you, by the help of God and by the grace of God, there's going to be a church when he comes. So somebody's got to make up in the mind, I'm in for the ride. I'm in for the ride. I said, I'm in for the ride. may get bumpy. It may get rough. And I may get a few scars and black eyes. But I'm not getting off the ride. I'm not getting off the ark. I'm not getting off the dope. We're going to finish it. So she had to do the same thing. She had to have her mind made up. And so they set out. You're going to notice something that whenever they finally got into view of the man of God, he noticed even from a far distance. He says, hey, that's a Shunammite woman. God recognizes his. I'm going to say it again. God recognizes he is. You see him come from afar. That prodigal, <laughs> that father saw him coming from afar. <laughs> That's going to make all the difference in the world. <laughs> I'm going I'm 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 to pursue it. I'm going to obtain it. I got to. We see this time and time in the scriptures where these kind of things had to transpire and take place. And sure enough, so... He looks over at Gehaz and says, hey, take the staff. And, and uh, we begin to question her first. And she said, it shall be well. And so he made six way there. And I know my time's running out, so I'm going to try to get through here. When, when Gehaz got there and he sits him with a staff, he goes into that chamber. He goes into that bedroom and he lays it on the child. The Bible says there was no hearing and no voice. And he makes his way back because, because she said, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving the man of God. Didn't I tell you not to lie to me? Didn't I tell you not to deceive me? <laughs> this, wasn't, this wasn't my idea. I didn't ask for this. Some battles that we didn't ask for. Some struggles that we may have to endure. We didn't ask for them. But he knew who he could trust with it. He knew it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a great multitude of jobs, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> for God to say, have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> See how he handles this situation. See how he responds. And so here he is. Man, she falls at his feet. And guys, I tries to get, get her away. She says, oh, no, no, leave her alone. Leave her alone. She says, God's blinded my eyes. I, something's, something's going on. Something's happened here. And watch this. When he sends Gehaz, he says him. He says, hey, don't salute nobody. Don't become distracted by anybody. You ain't got time to stop and talk to this one and talk to that one. Nothing irritates me more than me trying to get ready to go somewhere. And everybody finds 900 things to be doing that I'm thinking could be done, be done tomorrow. Right now, we need to be going. Nothing here takes me at work is whenever somebody, you know, I'm going to be quiet here. But when you're busy and you're trying to get things done and they just, you know, they, I mean, they ain't got nothing on their plate. Your plate's full and it's running over. But you got to be a Christian. <laughs> so you smile and you bear it for a while. Until that's why you just have to say, I got to go. You know, sometimes, sometimes you just got to get that point. And if it's serious enough, you say, hey, I'm sorry. I got something I got to do. And I'm telling you, that's what he told him. He said, you, you have tunnel vision. You go in one place. Anybody ever been distracted when you start getting ready to come to church? Anybody ever been distracted once you got here? Anybody ever been distracted once you walked in this place? You know why? The devil don't want you to have tunnel vision. He don't want you to have a one-track mind. 
fact, our world's created this big deal that we ought to be able to multitask and we ought to make us heroes. I'm going to tell you something. You better get over some of that. When it comes in this place, one thing ought to be on your mind, one thing ought to be on your spirit, one thing ought to be on your heart. I want to touch God and let God touch me. I'm dependent on it, and you know what? My brothers and sisters are dependent on it, and I am my brother and sister's carekeeper. And because if they don't make it, there's a chance I won't make it. And every time one of them falls, there's a subject down there that shows that I'm subject to fall. But you know what? If we'll get tunnel vision and get connected, get hooked up in one cord, one place, and one spirit, I'm telling you, the Almighty God will move. And the devil knows that. He gets there. I don't told the other part. So, Elisha, Elisha arrives, and and when he he gets there, Amen. He begins to pray, and he begins to call on the Lord. He begins to call on the, the power of God, and. Um, when Elijah was coming to the house, here, here's how it goes. Behold, the child, notice, was dead. Laid upon his bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain. Shut everything else out. Closed it all out. Prayed unto the Lord, and he went up and laid upon the child. Put his mouth upon his mouth, and his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child. And the flesh of the child waxed warm. He's following the same principle of Elijah. The same example that he had. He's following it. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro. Didn't get the results he was looking for. He didn't get the response he was looking for. So now here he is walking back and forth, calling on this God. Calling on this miracle worker. Oh, have you ever been there? <laughs> oh, yeah, we've been there. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Watch this. This helps us begin to understand this battle now, the struggle. Even Elisha now, hallelujah. He's, he begins to walk back to and fro and call. A little of the anxiety that takes a part of it and gets involved in it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So don't let that rob you of what God wants to do. The next time when you can't sleep, don't take that, amen, that that's doubt. Amen. But you know what? If I'm going to get up and do something, I'm going to get up and call on the Lord. Amen. I'm going to walk back to and fro calling on the Lord, believing God's going to do something about this thing. I'm not going to crawl in a closet somewhere and just feel sorry for myself and feel sorry and just use the excuse. And boy, I'm fixing to say something here is going to go over real good probably. And probably not. Amen. Well, it was God's will. Was it? Amen. That's got, you and know, I've got to question sometimes. Was it? Because if it wasn't, amen, then God, here's the only thing that can clear our conscience. Amen. When you've done all you can do to stand. When you've done all you can do to fast and pray and touch the throne of God. And it goes the way that, even though it doesn't go the way you want to end, you can say, you know what? Without waver, without doubt, it was God's will. And I, I, I accept it. Amen. Because it was God's will. But you know what? I, I, you and I have got to make up in our mind and hearts and spirits. But you know what? I'm not going down without a fight. I'm not going down, amen, without assurance. Amen, God, I've done everything I could like the little widow woman. I knocked on your door every morning. I knocked on your door every night. When I woke up in the nighttime, I was calling on you. When I was walking through the day, I was calling on you. That's one thing, amen, for sure. The record's going to be clear, amen, that we wasn't hesitant about who to call on. We didn't try any other gods. We didn't try any other methods. Our faith wasn't in nobody else but you got to move. That's what makes all the difference in the world. Now let me say you this. The scripture's real plain about. And I even brought this before the Lord this week. Precious is the death of your saints. But if he's not, his death is not precious. Well, come on, preacher, you're twisting that word. You know, I'm not. It's the word. It's the word. And you watch this. If we're begotten by the word, what do you think moves God by the faith of his word? So we can be assured of one thing. His saints. You and I may not can offer our families great things in this world, but I tell you what we can offer them and give them. It's dying in the faith. Having that endurance faith, holding on to the plow through all the trials and storms and struggles of life. 
we held on. We kept believing. <laughs> so sure enough, after this procedure had taken place, and he'd walked to and fro and stretched himself upon him, and the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. He called Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. And so he called her. And when she come up in unto him, he said, Take up thy child. Endurance. Endurance faith. Lasting faith. As we stand in this house this morning. This is the same type. Same type of illustration. that You and I have to have even today. This has not changed. That lasting faith. That endurance. This faith will hold me. <laughs> Paul in finishing of his race in the fight. He said and I have kept the faith. I remember one particular time, and Sister Diane Barry will remember this with Sister Felicia. I remember as we got into Hattiesburg that day, with her husband sitting beside me, and Sister Felicia done almost at the point of death and died. But thanks, she looked, she says, You prayed that our faith will not fail us. And it didn't. Faith, folks. Faith. You've got to believe it, you've got to hold on to it. And you can have this comfort. When you've done all you can do and you've done it by faith, ever how the chips fall. That's God. And we can find comfort and strength and assurance in that, knowing who we serve and how much He cares about us and how much He loves us. But you and I have got to just be determined. We're not going to let anybody or anything rob us of our faith in Him. Especially in the time of a battle and a struggle. Why don't we pray? God, we love you this morning and appreciate you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence, your touch. I thank you for all the people, all your people, God. All that's in this house this morning. As you minister to each heart and soul and mind. Everyone, everyone in this place is in some form and fashion of a struggle and a battle. It's, it's a daily thing. But God, our faith would be increased here today. Our confidence would be uplifted. We know that you are a pr God that answers prayer. You're a God that's moved by faith. And as we humble ourselves and yield ourselves and give ourselves unto you like never before, help us be like this little Shudamite woman. Hallelujah. Present it and bring it unto you by faith. And to see the miracles of the miraculous things take place. And for your perfect and divine will be performed in each heart, each soul, and each life that's in this place this morning. We're going to give you the glory for it. We're going to give you the praise for it. In that lovely name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Hopefully, something has been said here this morning that will encourage your faith. Cause you to have that faith to endure unto the end. Amen. Because that's what we're looking for is be faithful unto the end of the journey. Let's do it. God bless you. Love and appreciate you. God bless you.